2: Everybody, another Al Gatulo craft beer cast on AM 970. The answer, another great show for you tonight. Of course, some craft beer guests that'll be joining me this hour. The usual news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easy Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG craft Beercast, email at Albert G at NYC Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG craft beer cast. You can find all the shows. On those two platforms. I'll get to the guests in a second. 35 years ago this week, Judas Priest's Screaming for Vengeance was released. The beginning notes there of the uh, Hellion. uh, Electric Eye. Riding on the Wind. Bloodstone. Screaming for Vengeance. Of course, the ubiquitous hit, You Got Another Thing Coming. Fever. Devil's Child. We're going to play some different... uh, tracks off of screaming for vengeance the the boys and priest have a new album coming out i believe it is the end of this year and then they're going to start touring next year which is very cool if you have not seen judas priest if you are a heavy metal hard rock fan uh don't miss them the next time they come around listen they're getting a little long in the tooth but boy i'll tell you rob halford can still bring it he can still hit the high notes he saves himself for the really good songs and uh, they do a tremendous job uh, putting on a fantastic show. And, you know, it's usually in, in uh, a pretty decent-sized arenas. The last time I saw them was at the Prudential Center, and they really uh, they rocked the house out, and I had great seats for that one. So uh, we'll get into a little more of Screaming for Vengeance 35 years ago this week. Yes, that would make me officially old. Our guest tonight on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast, first up, John Hull, formerly of All About Craft Beer, now the senior editor of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine and author of Dishing, it, Dishing Up New Jersey and the American Craft Beer Cookbook. He's also the co-host of the Steal This Beer podcast. He does that with Augie Carton. Lots of stuff to get into with John. That's coming up in about 10 minutes. At the bottom of the hour, Josh Denny. He is the host of Ginormous Food on the Food Network, but it's actually moving to the Travel Channel very soon. Lots to get into with that. We'll talk to Josh about that. He's going to join me talk about uh, what's going on with this fun show about restaurants that serve these ginormous foods uh, where he goes and he watches them put these creations together, he samples it and then he uh dishes it out uh, to the rest of the restaurant because obviously to eat one of these things by himself uh is a is a mammoth undertaking. But uh Josh does a great job with the show. He's actually filming in New York this week and uh beginning part of next week and then that'll air uh at a later date. But we'll talk to Josh about that and lots of other stuff coming up in about twenty minutes from now. So we got lots of news and notes to get to. And uh Let's start off first. The heavy metal beer uh, pipeline uh, from Germany, the Wacken Open Air Festival, it's scheduled to play host to heavy metal acts including Alice Cooper, Megadeth, Marilyn Manson, uh, on August 3rd through the 8th. Now, they know that something like this gets fueled on beer, so to ensure that the beer is always available and never runs out, they have begun building a four-mile pipeline beneath its site to deliver free-flowing beer to the 75,000 thirsty metalheads that are expected to attend, the beer pipeline, reportedly capable of transporting a thousand gallons of beer an hour from the five-century-old De Haveman Brewery in the city to a nearby bottling factory on the outskirts of Bruges, 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 Bruges—I Bruges, don't know—and uh, will hopefully keep the tattooed masses reasonably sedated. I don't know about being sedated, and I don't know about tattooed masses. I'm sure there are some tattoos in the crowd. Uh, but uh, that is very cool. So a a beer pipeline to get beer to make sure that they never run out uh, to the seventy five thousand people that are expected to attend. That is pretty cool. Uh, Rogales and Spirits, uh, the country's only brewery distillery, uh, Cooperage, announces the release of 2017's seventeen's Rolling Thunder Imperial Stout. Uh, that is let's see, in twenty fifteen, Rogue acquired vintage World War ii era coopering uh, uh, coopering coppering copper coopering equipment. Excuse me. I don't know, I'm having a problem with the English language tonight, folks. And subsequently established Rolling Thunder Barrel Works. Uh, So uh, black with a creamy head, Rolling Thunder Imperial Stout features deep sherry notes accentuated by hints of coconut, cherries, dark fruit, and vanilla held up against a dark roasted malt backbone with earthy hops. 14% ABV, people. Uh, The Rolling Thunder, bigger and bolder than the inaugural uh, release from last year. Limited quantities of Rolling Thunder Imperial Stout available on draft and in one-liter swing-top bottles at Rogue uh, Public Houses starting July 21st and then at select retailers nationwide on August 1st. So the rest of the nation gets this on August 1st. Right now, it is available uh, in Rogue's uh, tap rooms uh, in and around uh, Oregon. For more information, you can visit Rogue.com. The Lost Abbey announcing its newest seasonal release, Genesis of Shame. It's a blended Brett Ale partially aged in oak. Uh, it is a blonde sour with peaches. That's how it started. Uh, aged in photos for the past 18 months. Genesis a blend with a uh, blended with a fresh Belgian inspired Blondel, uh, a light refreshing brew with just a hint hint of peach goodness. It's a 6% ABV. Uh, it was released on July 14th in both uh, both Lost Abbey tasting rooms and is in limited distribution uh, as of this past week, Wednesday, July 26th. Uh, six at six o'clock. Uh, one, at, if you if you're in the Jersey area and you're down near Belmar, head over to Beach House Brewery. They are going to be uh, doing a podcast with uh, New Jersey basketball coaching legend Bobby Hurley Senior. Uh, he's going to be interviewed by Steve Zengel for the Jersey Ties podcast. Uh, of course, for those of you who don't know or outside of the New York New Jersey area, um, Bobby Hurley Senior. He was uh, the former head of the uh, the enormously successful boys basketball program at St. Anthony High School in Jersey City. He won the Best Coach Award at the ESPYs a few weeks back. Hurley is one of two basketball Hall of Famers who only coached at the high school level. He went 1,162 and 119, won 28 state titles to go along with four national championships in his 45 seasons running the show at St. Anthony's. Um, You can attend if you are under 21. You have to be accompanied by a parent or guardian. Beach House Brewery located in Belmar, New Jersey at 801 Main Street. Had an opportunity to stop over at the brewery uh, this uh, last weekend uh, with my wife. We were down the shore for dinner and on the way back decided to stop over there. And let me tell you something, a beautiful facility. We'll get into the beers in our Sons and Duds segment a little bit later on in the program on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, uh, but a really, a just honestly, a beautiful facility. Uh, the guys at Beach House, uh, John Merklin uh, has done a fantastic job over there. A really, really nice, nice facility. The beers uh, some good, some not so good. We'll get into it uh, in the Suds and Duds segment uh, coming up a little bit later on uh, in the program. But if you want to check that out, it is uh, Wednesday, July 26th, 6 o'clock. Bobby Hurley Sr. he's going to be interviewed by Steve Zengel for the Jersey Ties podcast. They do a podcast there uh, from the brewery. Uh, I believe it is on a weekly basis, but I'll find out more. Uh, Samuel Adams, very cool stuff coming out from uh, Samuel Adams uh, this week. A 12-pack that they are coming out that features... Um, uh, Basically what it features It's Cheers to Independence Is uh, the Samuel Adams Brewing the American Dream Collaboration Pack Uh, This is celebrating five different breweries Across the country It's a limited release 12 pack For the first time ever they, uh, five brewers in this uh, 12-pack, Rock Brewing Company from Rochester, New York, Bosque Brewing from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Chuck Alec Independent Brewers in Ramona, California, Woods Beer in San Francisco, California, and Brewery Ricoli in Wheat Ridge, Colorado have participated in the program. Uh, Rock Brewing is coming out with a 390 Bock. It's a box, slightly roasted, uh, de- Desert Kaleidoscope IPA. That's in collaboration with Bosque Brewing out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Time Hop Porter from Chuck Alec Independent Brewers in Ramona, California. Uh, Boston Tea Party Saison, that's in collaboration with Woods Beer from San Francisco. Then you've got Oats Magotes Stout, that's from Brewery Ricoli from uh, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Uh, and let's see, Time Hop Porter, Do- yeah, that's it. That's uh, five- It's six distinct brews. Uh, they're going to have five unique collaboration beers uh, from Samuel Adams' flagship, Boston Lager. That is hitting the stores nationally. In late July, very, very cool. I'm actually interested in trying some of these beers these collabs now. all of these companies worked with Samuel Adams um, Jim Cook, what he does is he started up a program which loans money to these uh, prospective brewers uh, to help them get to the next level and uh, get their get you know get their brewery started a little bit gives them help. They come to Sam Adams they learn about the brewing process and what they do to put in uh, ingredients into their beers. They take that information back uh, to their brewery, and they use it to help themselves make uh, some really good uh, beers, and as well as getting a loan from Jim Cook, from this company that he has set up, uh, to help out uh, these breweries that are in need. And uh, I believe there was a brewery in New Jersey that also did it, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I'm sure somebody will tweet me with the answer. Finally, the good folks at Bolero Snort. Um, Bob Olson, Scott Wells, they had to put out uh, a, a little disclaimer. This would disclaimer. Ba- basically, uh, they had some issues with some of their beers. Uh, their uh, lemon bullring uh, cans uh, had some issues. They were exploding when people were opening them. Uh, they tested and then verified it with an independent third party. Several recent batches of their canned beer had detectable levels of a wild yeast strain, uh, which was introduced at some point in the brewing process. This particular yeast becomes active at warmer temperatures and is able to consume sugars that normal brewing yeast uh, hasn't, which results in over-fermentation. That ends up, what, ha- what ends up happening is uh, the flavors are off, often high pressure, and then post-packaging what happens is if you try to open the can, it ends up exploding, especially if the cans are warm. Cold storage will keep the yeast dormant uh, or would, would alleviate the issue, but if it's being stored warm, that's a bigger problem. So the cans that are affected here, Bullpop Berliner, uh, the Pamplona Pale, Variable 006 Farmhouse IPA, Rotable 008, Cowabunga Kolsch, and the Crushable Session. So they have decided not to package the three beers that they have currently pr- in process uh, at their host facility. They're going to destroy these beers uh, containing the trace amounts of the same wild yeast. They have some new stuff, though, coming out uh, from the help from uh, Icarus Brewing down in Lakewood, and uh, they'll close out the summer with a re release of last year's highly acclaimed Cypress Love with their pals over at Cypress Brewing. If you have any questions about the above cans, email them at lemonbs at bolerosnort.com with your name, address, store purchase, purchase price, and proof of purchase, a receipt, and or a picture of the bottom of the can with date and time code shown, and uh, they will do their best to refund your money. So Bob and Scott, kudos to you guys. Great job out of the boys. From Bolero snored When we come back after a short break, John Hall will uh, join me. Folks, just getting started on this program that focuses focuses it's easy for me to say, it's a delicious beverage. It's made with barley and hops. It's beer, folks. It's beer. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
0: Okay, so the mainstream media is not going to tell you all the things this White House is doing to bring jobs back to America. So we decided to go there and tell you firsthand. Join us on Tuesday, July 25th for the Made in America Tour. As our hosts broadcast live from the White House, our own Joe Piscopo and Kevin McCullough will join Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prigger, Michael Medved, and Larry Elder as we tell this amazing story. Tuesday, July 25th. Sponsored by NN Flagmakers Since 1847. AM 970 the answer.
3: If you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow, then you'll be excited to know that AM 970 The Answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best Christian schools in the area. The Half-Off Tuition Program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area. This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM 970 The Answer. Is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Kearney Christian Academy, Christ Our Foundation Learning Center, Gateway Academy. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. Hi, this is
4: Michael Riedel of the New York Post. Now, don't miss my show every Saturday morning at 9 on the town. It's brought to you by Hello, Dolly, winner of four Tony Awards, including Best Revival of a Musical and Best Actress in a Musical, The Great Bette Midler. Tickets at HelloDollyOnBroadway.com.
0: Want more AM 970 The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM 970 The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM 970 The Answer.
3: New York has the finest. New York has the bravest. And now for the first time on AM 970 New York, has The Boldest Hour. Tune in every Sunday morning at 11 for bold talk and bold ideas with your host, Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Husamedin. Elias will cover topics that affect New York City correction officers, the public, and New York City officials. Don't miss COBA's The Boldest Hour. Sunday mornings at 11, here on AM 970, The Answer. This is Greg
1: Floyd president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future.
3: On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes John Quaglione, Republican candidate for City Council 43rd District in Brooklyn. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd Saturday night at 9 on AM 970 The Answer.
0: Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM970 the answer.com
2: and welcome back to the Alcatulo Cramp Cast on AM970 the Answer. Follow me on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo, Facebook.com slash AG Beercast, email at Albert G and Don't forget we are on iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to all of the Craft Beer Cast right from there. Continuing the 35th anniversary, Judas Priest, Screaming for Vengeance, was released earlier this week. And so we're playing different tracks uh, from that album because, of course, this show is not just about beer. There's music. There's all sorts of things involved because it does, you know, when you're drinking beer, uh, you are usually listening to music, you're talking with friends, you're in a kind of bar setting or maybe you're out in the backyard hanging out with friends and it all kind of blends into one another. A little riding on the wind there uh, to kick off this segment. My guest on the cast here is a guy I've been trying to get on for a while and Due to my own ineptitude and stupidity, it took me a while uh, to get him on the program. He is the senior editor of Craft Beer and Brewing magazine. He's the author of Dishing Up New Jersey and the American Craft Beer Cookbook. He's also the co-host of the Steal This Beer podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Hull. And beerandbrewing.com is the website for the latest from John. Let me welcome in John Hall to the Craft Beer cast on AM 970. The answer, John, welcome.
4: Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you.
2: You got it. Now, John, in your opinion, what is the best thing about craft beer in New Jersey right now? Not so much the rest of the country, but in New Jersey, what's the best thing?
4: I think it's really the promise of what's to come. Uh, You know, the state has a a very proud brewing tradition Uh, before Prohibition. Uh, brewing was one of the larger industries in the state, and then Prohibition came by and kind of decimated it, and it wasn't really until uh, the mid-1990s that we started to get some brew pubs coming in as part of this craft beer renaissance. Um, and then things kind of stayed stagnant for, for, for a good couple of years, uh, almost 15, 15 years or so. Right. Um, and now what we're seeing is some of the laws have changed, and new people are coming in, and um, Folks really want to uh, open up local breweries that will be a a place for people uh, who live in just a particular town to come and gather and drink beer. And so for as populated a state as we are, for as diverse as a state that we are, we're really lacking behind the number of breweries that we should have. And so I think, honestly, the big thing that we have is promise right now and enthusiasm. Uh, from consumers who really want more local beer options and people and the, the the business owners are responding to that towns are being friendlier with that and so i think good things are ahead uh for being able to to have a local pint here in jersey
2: and why the change from all about beer to your new gig as the senior editor of craft beer and brewing magazine just a change just the change of venue just a, a different outlook on uh on things
4: no, you know, it's, uh, I, I've been a journalist for 20 years now, and uh, any place that I have the opportunity uh, to work with great writers, to produce great content, and to really tell the story of beer is, is where I'll feel at home.
2: Excellent, excellent. We're talking with John Hall, the senior editor of Craft Beer and Brewing magazine, beerandbrewing.com, the website for the latest from John, or you can follow him on Twitter, uh, at John underscore Hall, H-O-L-L, the spelling on the last name there. John, if you had to use one word, to describe the current state of craft beer around the country, what word would you use? Chaotic. Oh, okay, I like that. I like that, and, and you're absolutely right about it being uh, chaotic. I mean, the stories we're hearing about New Belgium this week—they have a new CEO, and um, and, and it was funny because I had posted something on uh, my uh, Facebook page uh, about New Belgium, how they're changing ownership and they're having a struggle now of trying to you know make their way uh, in the new craft beer land. And to be honest with you. I was never a big fan of New Belgium. They they, they seem to their beers. Everybody talks about them as how this 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 great beer. And I know they're the fourth largest uh, independently uh, independent craft brewing uh, company in the in the country. But I felt underwhelmed about it. And it's interesting that you use the word chaotic. We're seeing uh, breweries that are dropping off and and you know going out of business. Other ones being acquired uh, by the big breweries. What do you think needs to be done? Uh, to, to change the chaoticness, uh, you know, the chaos that's, that's going on in craft beer?
4: Well, I think the, the first thing is consumers should know where they're drinking um, and, and who is behind what they're drinking. Um, you know, you, you mentioned ownership. I think that's only really one part of it. Um, I, I say chaotic because there's so much diversity in beer out there these days, and it's not just diversity in styles, but it's diversity in quality. And so you have a lot of small independent breweries or craft breweries or whatever word they want to use that are putting out a subpar product, Mm -hmm. that are putting out seriously infected beer or beer that just doesn't taste good because it's not. Super well made, um, and so if, if people want to uh, grow their brewery business, I think they really need to be looking at the liquid itself and making sure that what they're putting out is of the highest quality. I mean, y- y- you might not be inspired by Fat Tire, the the, the ale from New Belgium, uh, but that said, it is a it's a quality beer. Um, it might not have a lot of taste or flavor in the way that you're looking for, in maybe a bourbon barrel Russian Imperial Stout, mm-hmm. um, but it's not supposed to. Um, and, and quite honestly, I'd rather drink a Fat Tire, um, you know, or, you know, a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or a Boston Lager or one of these larger craft breweries, uh, uh, flagships, than, you know, than some of the smaller stuff, just because some of the smaller stuff has off flavors to it, because it's not getting the attention that it really deserves. And so chaotic to me means um, consumers should really know uh, what off flavors taste like, and what styles are supposed to taste like, and reading something like Randy Mosher's Tasting Beer book um, is very important to help us get to that point of, wow, you know, this is this is a decent IPA, but like it's you know there's, it's got some age to it, or you know uh, it's oxidized, or, or or whatever it is, and then having the you know politeness to uh, uh, you know say to the breweries like, hey, you know, I like this beer, but you know, have you thought about, or, you know, maybe it, it seems like it has, you know, dot, dot, dot. Um, and that makes the beer scene better all around. Um, we can't just be cheerleaders because somebody is a quote-unquote craft brewery. Or right. you can't be cheerleaders just because somebody isn't owned by A.B. InBit. Right. Uh, we really have to support um, quality beer across the board.
2: So so basically, I mean, constructive criticism would be better. Instead of just, you go on a lot of these sites and they're just trashing a beer, I don't like it. It tastes like, it tastes, you know, whatever. I'm dumping it. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a, a drain pour or whatever. Have some constructive criticism as to why the beer is not tasting as well as you want it to be.
4: Of course. Yeah. And, and again, you know, criticism for the sake of criticism uh, doesn't help anybody, including yourself.
2: Right. That's a fair point, John. Now last week flying dog brewing uh, said they would leave the brewers association in what they perceive as the BA cracking down on them for the names of some of their beers, which some may find offensive. Now the owner of flying dog, says this is censorship. John, is this much to do about nothing, or does Flying Dog have a legit beef?
4: You know, I I can't speak for Flying Dog. Um, You know, they're they're obviously very passionate about this, and there's a pretty uh, well-rationalized letter uh, that uh, the owner put out uh, that people can read on the website. Um, You know, I think the Brewer's Association is faced uh, with a a crossroads these days of so many breweries out there and so many people trying to uh, get into the public space uh, and make a splash. And the, and the fact of the matter is there are some breweries that are out there that are using some really offensive names, uh, names that promote, uh, you know, rape culture. Um, and, and that can't stand, um, you know, whether or not the, the Brewers Association is, is overreaching or not. Um, you know, that's for, you know, I think individuals to decide. Mm. Uh, but again, I think that we really should be focusing on quality at this point, you know, uh, Brewers shouldn't have to use uh, crazy names uh, that could be deemed offensive. And I'm not talking about flying dogs because the liquid is is quality. Um, You know, rather than trying to to grab people with just labels or uh, uh, crazy uh, outlandish names, uh, they should be trying to grab people by, uh, hey, this is a really good beer that you should be drinking and should not be missed. Uh, And that's what I think that uh, I'd like to see more of the Brewers Association focusing on is um, trying to get their members to really focus on quality.
2: Talking with John Haldi, senior editor of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, beerandbrewing.com, the website for the latest from John. Trends come and go in craft beer, and with all things, uh, for the last few years, it's been IPA, IPA, IPA. Uh, you know, I love IPAs, but a number of my friends don't like the bitterness of them. Do you think the new trend for craft beer should be a lighter type of craft, something that could be more approachable to the non-craft beer drinker? Or, John, do you think they should just stay the course?
4: Well, it, that's a complicated question with a lot of moving parts. Um, IPA is the most dominant uh, and best-selling uh, style in craft beer right now. It's not going away anytime soon. However, you know, we, we shouldn't miss out on the fact that a lot of brewers are making lagers uh, these days. You know, mm-hmm. lagers are what kept uh, American beer going for so long. And you can say what you want about Budweiser, but it's a fine American lager. Um, smaller brewers are now realizing that if they want to grow their market share, craft beer accounts for something like 12 percent of the overall beer drinking marketplace in the U.S. Mm. If you want to get that other 88 percent to start drinking local um, or start drinking from smaller breweries, you need to speak the language of that 88 percent. And that's Pilsner's and Ragers, Uh and even Blondale. And so we're seeing brewers uh, start to put out Vienna lagers more often or Helles lagers. Uh, we're seeing Firestone Walker out in California. They have a, a blonde ale called 805 uh, that's only available in California. That is a, 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 like a 5% easy drinking blonde ale, not a lot of hop content to it. Mm. You can drink it all day like you would, you know, any of the, your mass produced beer. And it accounts for 50% of their overall output. That's uh, last time I talked to them. It's insane, but that's what people want to drink. So, yeah. You know, IPA is not going away as a trend, but I think brewers are going to diversify and try to find stuff that more people can enjoy.
2: Last question from me, John. You co-host a podcast called Steal This Beer with Augie Carton of Carton Brewing. What's the premise behind the podcast?
4: So uh, we have a guest on every week. They bring two beers that uh, we don't know what the beer is. Uh, It is served to us in black glasses so that we can't see the color of the beer. And so we judge, um, not even judge, but try to, figure out uh, uh, flavors and aromas uh, just based on um, uh, smell and taste mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun because you know sometimes uh, looking at a beer can really cloud your judgment uh, as to, to what a beer might taste like and we've we've, we've been fooled a few times and pleasantly surprised uh, some others so uh, it's a fun thing every week of just tasting beer and talking with interesting folks and sort of getting to the heart of what's really happening in the beer industry these days.
2: Nice. And where can people can people download that on iTunes?
4: iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and all of those other uh, fun spots, uh, com.
2: Excellent. Uh, my guest has been John Hall, the senior editor of Craft Beer and Brewing magazine. Beerandbrewing.com is the website for the latest from John. John, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. When we come back, the host of Ginormous Food, Josh Denny, joins me on the program. And it's all after a short break on the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer.
3: As a cop, checking on seniors who weren't answering the phone often meant bad news.
2: Meet Robert,
0: a retired cop, now a senior citizen.
3: We'd get sent to the home of a senior with health issues. And too often, that senior had fallen or had a stroke and couldn't reach the phone. Now that I'm retired, I carry mobile help everywhere. It's my insurance in an emergency. And it looks cool, too, like one of those fitness watches.
0: Most alert devices only work in the home. But mobile help works at home and away nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks. If you need help, simply press the button. Mobile help pinpoints your location and connects you to a U.S.-based operator who will get you the help you need. Call now for up to 25% off plus a free emergency lockbox with purchase call 1-800-915-8186, 800-915-8186, 800-915-8186. System coverage while on AT&T Network. Savings based on annual DUO purchase plan with medication reminder feature added balance of nature's fruits and veggies
5: i've been on vitamins i've been on all kinds of supplements and you, but nothing has come close to your products. the difference uh, between before i started the product and afterwards is like night and day i do have more energy and that was what i really was after i, mean, I, I get all these benefits it's wonderful i had no energy at all and i thought how can i live this way i do one little chore and then i have to sit and rest And I find that I get through the day pretty well, and I, uh, you know, I really have more energy. I look in the mirror and I say, you know, I think I feel more alive. I think I look more alive.
0: Take Dr. Howard's health challenge and find out how to get two free sets of fruits and veggies. We'll even ship them to you free. Call 1-800-2468-751. That's 1-800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code... The Answer. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com.
2: Welcome back to the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at GattuloGATTT, U W L O Facebook dot com slash agcraftbeercast. Email at albertg at nycradio dot com. Plus iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for Beercast. You can listen to all of the craft beer cast there. Little you got another thing coming from Judas Priest. The thirty fifth anniversary of that album this week uh, from the uh, the boys from Birmingham. And uh, can't wait for their new album to come out later this year, and then a tour next year. Very cool. My guest on the cast, he's a stand-up comedian and the host of a very successful program on the Food Network, although it's moving to another channel uh, very soon. It's called Ginormous Food, and uh, it, it, the, uh, it'll be on the Travel Channel in August. You can follow him on Twitter, at Josh Denny. JoshDennyComedy.com is the website for the latest from Josh. I've been waiting a long time to get this guy on the program here. Let me welcome in Josh Denny to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Josh, welcome.
5: Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me.
2: You got it. Now, Josh, what prompted you to create a show called Ginormous Food?
5: Well, you know, the uh, the show itself is a kind of a collaborative creation between myself and some folks over at, uh, at Scripps Networks as well as our production company. So we kind of started with a, a loose concept based on traveling around the country and finding larger-than-life, uh, you know, food creations. And... Um, You know, here we are—about eighteen months after the start of the process, and uh, just finishing up our second season.
2: I have to say, enormous fan of the show. I love how you go to these different locales, and the cool thing that I like about the show is the fact that they—you know—they—they make uh, the particular item that you want to sample, and then instead of you know. Like other shows where you're trying to eat the whole thing in a certain period of time or you're trying to shove it over. You're eating a piece, you critique it, and then you're passing it out to other people in the, in the restaurant so they get a chance to sample uh, this particular thing. That, I think, is really cool. Now, you're originally from Philadelphia, so i got to ask the question. Are you a Geno's or a Pat's cheesesteak man?
5: I'm actually neither. I'm a DeLisandro's guy. So, All right. Uh, yeah, Gino's and Pat's. I mean, you know, you kind of grow up with that being sort of the the civil war of cheesesteaks in the city, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> right? uh But neither. I don't think either place really nails. You know what what the best cheesesteak is. So there's there's a spot. Uh, it's almost it's almost near uh, Balakinwood. Um, but uh, yeah, DeLisandro's one of the absolute best cheesesteaks, if not the best you can get uh, in the
2: entire city. And and what makes that one the best one in your opinion?
5: You know what I mean? It's, it, it, they have a way of doing their chop where it almost tastes like the entire, like every piece of steak is dipped in cheese. Oh, And so, yeah, it just, it's, it's just got this buttery consistency mm-hmm. and it's really, really creamy and cheesy and, and, it, you know, everything, everything in the bite just pops.
2: All right. That's, that's, I'm, I'm writing that down because that's a place I'll have to go because I'm not exactly a svelte uh, gentleman, so uh, I'd like to shove one of those down my face uh, one <laughs> these days. So we're talking with Josh Denny, the host of Ginormous Food on the Food Network, but it's heading to the Travel Channel in August. JoshDennyComedy.com is the website for the latest from Josh. So as I mentioned, the show is moving to the Travel Channel in August. You had posted it on your Facebook page. Uh, what's the reason behind this decision, and what date is it going to be airing on the Travel Channel?
5: Well, we originally started on the Travel Channel. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but um, we we were originally piloted for Travel and developed by the executives at Travel. And I think a lot of the change has to do with just the format um, of the show and, and kind of what we want to showcase. So. When we first started the show, we wanted to highlight, you know, a travel channel is a little bit different format. Mm. So it spends a little bit more time on the city and some of the story. And when shows get migrated to food or get created for food, there's a real specified format change in terms of spending a lot more minutes of the episode on process and recipe. And some of those things. Gotcha. And so, you know, I think even though we have one of the best premieres and some of the best numbers for a new show of Food Network, I think as you have those executive changes over there every every year, it would seem, um, there's, there's a little bit more uh, feeling that we can really let the parts of the show that people like shine better on Travel Channel. So we're going to be moving over there. Um, We've got like an afternoon sort of mini marathon that they're going to use to kind of test how we're doing and if -hmm. if that really is the case. And then I think you might see us on Monday nights uh, with the return of Man vs. Food with Casey Webb.
2: Very cool. Very cool. And this is going to be in August. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So and you're filming right now in New York City. uh, As we speak, what's an what's an average day like shooting the show?
5: Well, it's interesting because these episodes are actually our holiday episodes, uh, which will be airing, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween, Christmas, and and Hanukkah. So these are going to be a little bit different than our normal, typical filming. Usually we start and we're filming, you know, 8 to 8 every day. Mm -hmm. And um, here we're doing more of a 10 to 10 schedule and and then we've got a little bit of set dressing to go on to make it look like, you know, Hanukkah or Thanksgiving or Christmas in the middle of July. Right. Right. So actually, right. you know, to me, if if there is anybody in the New York area that wants to come out while we're in town, the 17th to the 27th, you're going to get a little bit different experience and a little bit more unique experience at one of our tapings. But, you know, the point you made earlier, I think one of the most fun parts about our show is that the people actually get to participate in the eating and the talking about food, which is really something that we're going to shift into a lot heavier moving back to travel channel
2: nice talking with josh denny the host of ginormous food it's on the food network right now but it's heading to the travel channel in august josh denny comedy.com the website for the latest from josh you can also follow his facebook page as well and that'll give you the uh, updated information as to where he's filming uh, over the next several days as he's in new york city now i'd be remiss if i didn't ask a craft beer related question since this is a show on craft beer josh are you a craft beer drinker and if so do you have a favorite style you know,
5: I I wish I could be. I actually I actually have severe allergic reactions to beer. Really, which is just a terrible terrible thing. But uh, so yeah, it makes it hard for me to be a drinker of any kind. And of course, all my friends are like, "Well, you could just drink vodka."
2: Mm. Well, it's you know, <laughs> but, it's, uh, it's 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 funny yeah. that you say that, Josh, because uh, a, a chef that I know um, that is a executive chef, he's the owner of two restaurants in New Jersey. One of them happens to be in my town of Clark, where I live in. Um, he is allergic to beer, so he can only drink sake and whiskey is like his two favorites, and then he does these uh, beer pairings uh, with food, and he bases the food off the ingredients in the beer, what the flavor of the beer is, and I'll tell you what, every time he does it, he nails it 10 out of 10, like perfectly. Even
5: doing it blind without tasting it. Yes,
2: which is really wow. cool. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Now, Josh, what's the best piece of ginormous food that you've had so far on the show that blew you away in the cities that you've taped in so far. What's the what's the one thing that a, a, a restaurant has come out with that you tried? It you were anticipating it, you tried it, and you were like, "Oh my god, this is better than than I even thought."
5: Yeah, I mean the, the answer hasn't changed since season one. There's a place in Nashville called Pepper Fire Hot Chicken. They make a dish called the Battle Royale, which is four deep fried pepper jack grilled cheese sandwiches with their signature Nashville hot chicken on top and then apple pie filling on top of that. And it sounds like, uh, you know, the ultimate stoner food or something that would never go together, but it's the one thing that, uh, I mean, me and the other guys on the crew – have constantly gone back and said, man, we we're all craving that. We would all love to go back there and eat that again.
2: That's that's pretty awesome. Now, we're talking with Josh Denny, the host of Ginormous Food on the Food Network. He's headed to the Travel Channel, though, in August. JoshDennyComedy.com is the website for the latest from Josh. Last question from me, Josh. You're also a stand-up comedian, so how did this whole thing go? Stand-up comedian, You know, doing a Food Network channel, it doesn't sound like it would, would blend together, but it seems to work.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, my background, and I think part of that has to do with the, the transition back to Travel Channel. My, my background really is just as a lover of food and somebody who has been, my entire life has sort of revolved around that. So even when I worked in, in the corporate sector and, and as a comedian, when I travel, I mean, the thing I look forward the most to is getting to go to different restaurants, trying different things, experience different things. And, um, you know, my style as a comedian is to be very off the cuff and to kind of write and create on stage. And so the kind of the perfect storm you get with that is just a lot of fun moments um, of bantering back and forth with, with customers and guests in the restaurants and the chefs themselves. And you're really getting the look of somebody who's just a a diehard food lover, um, not an expert by any means. Um, and, And again, I think the move to travel will allow us to showcase more of those moments in the show, versus, you know, telling people how to make biscuits or pizza dough for the nine millionth time right. on the Food Network. Right.
2: Any, anybody, any anyone stand out to you of the customers that you've talked to when you've, they've tried a particular food that you you were wowed by their comments, like you couldn't believe they said what they said?
5: Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things I think is cool about our show. I mean, I'm I, I'm not the guy who always has the best things to say. And sometimes somebody puts it in perfect words. Um, you know, in terms of def- describing the flavor, texture, uh, the technique. And, and so we really want to be able to showcase a lot of that. But, you know, the thing that's kind of cool is in the in the age of bloggers, there are a lot of people now that travel and do this stuff just for the fun of it. They mm-hmm. don't have a TV show. They don't have a budget. Nobody's paying for their travel. It's a real work of passion. And uh, it's really fun to have those folks out to our shoots to be able to weigh in their two cents and kind of compare things, you know, between restaurants or between different parts of the country.
2: Right. And that's for, and it also helps to promote the show as well, so there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, my, yeah. guest, my guest has been Josh Denny, the host of Ginormous Food. It's on the Food Network, but it's heading to the Travel Channel in August. JoshDennyComedy.com, the website for the latest from Josh. Or go to his Facebook page, do a search for Josh Denny. You can find out where he's taping uh, over the next several months. Of course, he's in the New York City area right now uh, taping the program. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, Al. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds. It's all after a short break on the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
0: We know when elected Donald Trump to the White House better than any other candidate. He understood how to bring jobs back to America. And we will celebrate this effort on Tuesday, July 25th, when we broadcast live from From the the White White House House. in our first ever Made in America tour. Beginning with Hugh Hewitt in the morning, join the Salem Radio Network and many of our local hosts for this historic day. Live from the White House, exclusively right here. AM 970, The Answer.
1: Joe Piscopo here, my good friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, loves AM970, The Answer. Listeners, he is making an incredible offer exclusively for you listening, up to 50% off on everything on the MyPillow website. This offer includes Mike's four-pack special, premium pillows, luxury Giza sheets, mattress toppers, roll-and-go pillows, even pet beds. You will not see or hear this offer anywhere else. So if you're looking for a great gift for graduates, newly married couples, a new pet, Or you just want to give someone the gift of a good night's sleep, call MyPillow, 800-651-0798. Make sure you use the promo code AM970. You'll get up to 50% off on every item from MyPillow. Plus, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping for orders over $100. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Or go to MyPillow.com. Please be sure to use the promo code AM970. 800-651-0798. MyPillow. Promo code AM 970.
0: Any Jane Doe can tell you that Geico could help you save, but since money talks, we just ask the savings instead.
3: Greetings and sun salutations. I'm Jane's money, and I never knew my self-worth until Jane switched her car insurance at geico.com. Those 15 minutes built me up to real savings. Geico's been helping customers save money like me for over 75 years, so take that to the bank. And namaste. Namaste.
0: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com.
2: That one, I had to let play out a little bit. Final segment of the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Don't forget, we're on iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single show. The 35th anniversary of Judas Priest Screaming for Vengeance released earlier. Uh, this week, 35 years ago, the title track "Screaming for Vengeance." You gotta love Rob Halford. His lyrics, his voice is just amazing. So we've been playing, uh, you know, little bits and pieces of uh, "Screaming for Vengeance" uh, during the course of the show, and I appreciate uh, you indulging me uh, on that. Uh, one of the uh, one of the best albums that Judas Priest ever put out, "Defenders of the Faith," is still my favorite uh, from Judas Priest. "British Steel" is great. Um, Scream for Vengeance, obviously, there's a lot of good stuff uh, from the old days. But that is, you know, Scream for Vengeance, Defenders of the Faith, my two favorite Judas Priest albums. But Defenders of the Faith is definitely my favorite. When that came out, the cover, the, 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 just the songs on the album uh, is just amazing. So, uh, you know, thanks again for indulging me on that here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer as we go into our Suds and Duds segment, lots of beers to get to. Let's dive right into it. But before we do that, one quick news note. Uh, after three months of striking, uh, more than 100 union delivery drivers and warehouse workers reaching an agreement on a new three-year contract with Long Island beer distributor Claire Rose. Uh, Teamsters Local 812 last week, announced that it struck a tentative deal with the beer wholesaler after negotiating terms through a private mediator. Members voted 83-12 to 12 in favor of the new contract, uh, ending the strike after 82 days. Apparently, according to the uh, New York Daily News, Governor Cuomo of New York uh, helped uh, broker the deal. Uh, The union's five-year pact with Claire Rose, they sell uh, a lot of uh, AB InBev products, Heineken, Pabst Brewing, various craft beers. It had expired on March 31st, and then uh, negotiations had ceased on April 23rd, uh, initiating the strike. Uh, The new contract preserves workers' pension plans, which Claire Rose had sought to eliminate in favor of a 401k program, maintains wages above the industry standard despite eliminating drivers' sales roles. Uh, During the strike, more than three dozen Long Island retailers pledged to boycott Claire Rose products, including Belmont Park and Anthony's Coal Fired Pizza. Claire Rose serves about uh, 5,000 Long Island businesses, one of the largest beer wholesalers in the country. A 2011 beverage executive article listed the company as the 19th largest wholesaler in the United States with 10.9 million cases sold. So good news uh, on the union front. Uh, for the folks over at Claire Rose, good for them. Uh, suds and Duds here on the Alcatullo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer: bunch of beers over the last several weeks. Uh, first up from Coronado Brewing, the Orange Avenue Wit, uh, a very nice wit beer for a warm day. Great orange flavor. Enjoyed that one as well. There's not, I don't think there's anything from Coronado uh, that I haven't uh, liked. So uh, that's definitely a good one for a, a hot uh, for a warm summer's day. Then I moved on to a Devil's Backbone Brewing. Uh, A UK IPA, heavy malt flavor on this one, like a traditional English IPA. Good bite, not heavy at all. This one was delicious. Bought that over at Paragon Tap and Table uh, when I was filling a growler for the 4th of July weekend and ended up having the 4th of July IPA growler uh, from Departed Souls Brewing. Nice and delicious. Not sure if I was tasting a bomb pop in this. That was kind of the flavor that, that they were going for on this one. Nice bitter bite, though. Uh, Not sure if I got the Bomb Pop flavor out of that one, but another good one uh, from the good folks at Departed Souls over in Jersey City. And then a bunch of Duclaw beers uh, we had had on um, one of the reps from Duclaw a couple of weeks ago on the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And um, this was some good stuff. So they sent me a Hop Hammer, uh, a nice hop bomb, very juicy. I liked it a lot. That's definitely one that I would buy again in the stores. Uh, I like a, a good juice bomb i p a so definitely that one from Duclos was excellent. Then I had the um they sent me sour me this uh this was interesting a nice sour hit and it wasn't too puckery you know how when you, you certain sour beers you kind of your mouth kind of tenses up a little bit there um this was good it wasn't too puckery dry finish it almost reminded me of champagne that's the kind of taste that I got from that um so if you like if you're a champagne drinker and you want a beer that's uh, a little reminiscent of champagne, this would be the one to get. Sour me this uh, from Duclau Brewing. As we move on in our Suds and Duds segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Then I had, uh, from Boulevard Brewing, The Calling. Uh, again, this was one over at Paragon Tap and Table. A couple weeks ago, they did a, uh, a kind of lobster fest uh, on the patio. So they had lobster and a clam bake and all kinds of fun stuff. So I went with a bunch of friends, and Boulevard Brewing was kind of the the, the featured beer for the uh for the um the lobster fest so i had the calling by boulevard brewing um this one did not taste like a double ipa i expected it to be stronger uh more of a hit uh nice bite it was good uh just was you know i was surprised i i really expected more punch uh from this double ipa from uh from the calling uh, the, excuse me the name of the beer is the calling from boulevard brewing then i moved on to um which was a recommendation actually uh, by Sherm over at Paragon Tap and Table, one of the bartenders, um, Stillwater Artisanal, a super hop. I, this was kind of middle of the road for me, wasn't great, wasn't bad. To me, probably the dud out of the group right now. Um, I don't know if I would buy it again. That that's how I look at it. I, it to me, beer has to have uh, a good craft beer has to have good obviously drinkability, but it also Want you know it has to give me the 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 want to purchase it again and drink it again. That same night, I ended up having an Elysian um, uh, Space Dust, and I know a lot of people you know Elysian Blue Point. Okay, you know I get the whole A B and B thing, but Elysian still makes good beer, and the Space Dust IPA is a very good beer. So I ended up having one of those after I had the Super Hop. So um you know again it, it, it has to have drinkability. It has to be a good beer, good tasting beer. But it also w- makes me want to have it again. If I enjoy it th- so much the first time, I want to go again and have it a second time. That's To me, that's the, the the mark of a suds. If I'm in a bar and I see a particular beer that I like, I'm going to buy it once and then I'm going to buy it again. If I'm going to try it once and I don't want to drink it again, well, it, more likely than not, it's going to end up being a dud for me. So Super Hop, I still order. Um, not impressed. Okay. Nothing, nothing memorable about it. Uh, then I had... Um, from Wet Ticket Brewing, I went down and visited uh, Tim Pewitt over at Wet Ticket. Uh, you know, uh, I was having a bar. I think it was, uh, yeah, I was having a barbecue. That's what it was. And I ended up filling up uh, uh, a growler with his watermelon wheat. And, um, no, actually, I wasn't having a bar. Was I having a barbecue? I think I was. Well, whatever. Anyway, not that anybody that's listening right now really cares. But anyway, uh, went over to Wet Ticket Brewing right in Railway, uh, New Jersey, right down the street from me. Let me tell you something. Tim Pewitt is doing a fantastic job over there. Kudos to you, my friend. The Watermelon Wheat, not a big fan of beers with watermelon. I will say this, best one I've had so far, fresh, not artificial flavor, goes down smooth. Again, a lawnmower beer, the type of beer when you're done mowing the lawn, you want to kick back, have one or two, and and have it be refreshing. This is definitely the beer for you. Tim is doing a great job over at Wet Ticket. They've added a couple of new tanks. Uh, They're going to begin canning. Uh which i'm surprised I, I thought he would delay canning a little bit, but I think he sees that the business is starting to pick up and he wants to get on the uh you know on the bandwagon with the canning uh good job out of him definitely have to go back down there uh and uh and pick up some more beers from him. I've got a concert coming up maybe uh fill a growler up before I head over to uh what is it next thursday I'm going to corn and stone sour over at the uh, p n c so maybe I have to pick up a uh a growler uh to take for the uh the concert so we can uh, have some while we're uh sitting in the parking lot waiting uh, to go into the show then uh, the last one from Duclaw that I had was the sweet baby java this is fantastic delicious flavors of peanut butter and espresso so much better as it warms up I mean really the perfect type of beer to be sitting little fire pit going you let it warm up you pour it in the glass you let it sit for a few minutes you start sipping and you take your time drinking this one you don't rush it you kind of give it you know 15, 20 minutes to kind of, you know, sip it and drink it and whatever, even a half hour. It's nice. It's strong. It's delicious. If you like all those different flavors, coffee, peanut butter, uh, it's good. It's really good. Sweet Baby Java by Duclaw Brewing. Then I made a stop over at Beach House Brewery uh, last weekend. What a great place. Uh, John Merklin, you are doing a fantastic job over there. I have to say the facility is beautiful. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of their beers. They've got a couple of ones that are that are good. Um, a lot of people were mentioning how their beers are not memorable in this. snap. one was memorable for me. It was the best out of the flight that I had. Uh, a couple of others, you know, not so good. They did a test department uh, space lab orange pills. To me, too much orange flavor, uh, almost like a bitter glass of orange juice. I drank it, but it was one of those I kind of had to really, you know, sip it quick to get it down. It was just just too much orange for me on that one. Uh, then I had the high side uh, by Beach House. Nice and easy drinking, smooth, little hint of citrus. This one was a good one. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, Nice um, uh, Blondale type. The Herbs Rye by Beach House, the best of the flight. Bready, nice flavor, delicious, great wheat beer, uh, excellent going down. I'm I'm starting to find I like the wheat beers a lot more. And then finally, the Station to Station Porter uh, by Beach House. Nice coffee flavor, slightly bitter. Uh, Again, another one of those that went down very easy. Uh, And I really enjoyed it. Uh, Merck, you are doing a great job over there. That is a place, if you want to go visit in Belmar, it's fantastic. They have a beautiful rooftop where you can look out and you can see the beach at Belmar. A couple of restaurants right across the street and right up uh, up the block. A Mexican place. A couple of different places to eat. Fantastic job. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Belmar, if you're down the Jersey Shore, go check out Beach House Brewery. Uh, It is a great little facility. And they do have some really nice beers. And if you're a New Jersey Craft Beer Club member, you get uh, a little bit off on the flight, which is always very nice. Folks, we're out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, John Hall from Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, Josh Denny from Ginormous Food, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody